to another episode of Bet GPT. This is Matt. I'm here with Austin, and um, we have another great episode for you guys. We're going to be hitting MLB, NFL, and also, for those of you who don't know, Slade here is a college football insider, specifically for the University of Iowa. So, um, Austin, I mean, before we get into the Iowa news, tell tell us about your vacation real quick. How, how was that? Was it uh, all right? Yeah, it was relaxing. I did not attend the Patriots uh, preseason game, but I did watch some of it on TV. Uh, the weather was Good. beautiful in, in Cape Cod. Um, I I heard I heard the shout out. I appreciate it for finishing 511th. Um, Bravo. Bravo! I, I beat my my goal by about eight minutes, so. I'm happy. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was a good time, but I'm happy to be back, back uh, with the mic. So, walk us through this. You're on vacation. You're having the time of your life. You get a notification on your phone that there's been an injury. Yeah, I'll hand it over to you. Well, I mean, my service was a little spotty. This was what Saturday around the. I was on the. I was literally on the beach and. I see all these tweets. It's like, oh no, Cade goes down, Cade McNamara. But I didn't really think who, it. Cade McNamara, who, for those of you who don't know, is the, the Iowa, Iowa quarterback, quarterback. just and transferred from Michigan. Really lofty, lofty expectations for this Hawkeyes team. You know, when like you're in a good mood, so you're like, it's fine, it's fine. I wasn't super worried, and then I watched the video, and it's a non-contact injury, and it was turf like, monster. Yeah, and I'm like, that doesn't look good. And then I see the tweet, oh, it's the same knee he had surgery on last year. And I'm like, oh, God. And then to make matters worse, the backup comes into the the scrimmage or whatever and throws like two or three interceptions. So it just kind of hit me in that moment. Like, obviously losing Cade would be horrible and ruin the season. But on top of that, it was just like I realized how – dependent Iowa football is on a healthy, productive Cade McNamara in 2023. So um, so I guess the question is, should we be panicking? Because five days ago on the 12th of August at 12.40 p.m., Elliot Clow um, from Twitter was interviewing Kirk Ferentz, the head coach, and he said, I'm not alarmed right now. Should we be alarmed? Has anything changed in those past five days? Um, what's, what's the injury look like? What are you hearing from your sources? Just speculate a little bit. Speculate. Um, uh, there, they did an MRI, uh, yesterday, last night, I believe. And there's, there's some speculation of him, uh, on crutches. It's the rumor has been for a few days now from some credible sources on the beat that it was a quad strain, but Hackford and some of our boots on the ground have heard it could be a little more serious. We have nothing to confirm yet, but I don't feel great at the moment. And I am checking my phone constantly for an update. Um, and when we get it, it we'll, we'll tweet it out on every platform we can. Hancho has been working the phones. I'll tell you that. So it was said that it's a, a strain of, of the hamstring that's what, or that's what is the it official like that's nothing official has came out but a strain is what um the beat writers are speculating or what they believe they've heard it is he was up walking around smiling looking like he's in a good mood afterwards um but 
there is a rumor going around. And if you look on the message boards, you're going to see a lot of he tore the quad, which is essentially a season ending injury versus a three, four week injury. So if he misses week one or week two, it's not the end of the world. Um, You'd love to have him back for the Iowa State game and you don't want his first game back to be Penn State. Uh, you know, your one of your biggest games of the season. But um, right now it's just we're just wishful, wishful thinking. And um, I would give him my right leg if I could. Well said. Yeah. So looking at the Iowa football schedule, um, I know you and Hackford are next week, hopefully going to plan on doing just a Iowa specific pod, but. They have Utah State out of the gate. Then they play at Iowa State week two, Western Michigan, and then that big game against number seven Penn State at University Park in Penn State. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a two- or three-week injury. But, like, from what you're hearing, if he is on crutches, that's not a good sign. It might not be a strain. Um, It could be torn, which um, – Right. We don't know. We're just speculating. That's not what we want. Um, and hopefully we'll have there's the Big Ten network is doing they're they're doing their annual show where they go around all the campuses for practice. So we'll know tomorrow, which is Friday the eighteenth. I feel like Kirk will get asked, of course, and then obviously if he's not out there with the guys or if he's walking around on crutches, like we're gonna know something. So by the time you're listening to this. There may be some news out there, but yeah, Hack and I are going to dissect the Iowa offseason, the transfer portal, Cade predictions, look at the schedule, um, all of that fun stuff uh, next week, hopefully. And um, I'm sure we'll have some pods throughout the season when big things happen. Yeah. I know it doesn't necessarily apply to like all of our fans maybe don't care about the Hawks the way we do. But to a lot of our loyal listeners, that's the kind of content they enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I am going to be out uh, for the next week. It's my turn to go on vacation. Um, I'll be going abroad. But what I do want to add on the Iowa um, season preview, this is just my one point, is Cooper DeGene is a first-round caliber prospect. Phil Steele has him second-team All-American preseason, which is pretty impressive from a small town Iowa kid. Um, If you're ever bored, go look at his high school highlights. It's like, it's like on the same level as like Reggie Bush at USC. He's just like destroying kids scoring. I think he had the game winning uh, touchdown and he had an interception in like the state championship game or something. Something crazy like that. He's a, he was like Um, a D one caliber track and field guy. And he was like a D one caliber basketball player i mean dunking on people so yeah he was just all around elite yeah so yeah they can build the defense around him but yeah you guys will get into the specifics there but prayers up for Cade mcnamara um and i really hope when we do the week one preview of iowa utah state we're talking about Cade being on the field and, and yeah ready to because go. a little spoiler alert i did bet over eight and a half i put Two or three times my normal bet bet on my bet size on uh, the Iowa over. And f- for those of you who listened to the the preview, uh, college football part one, I did pound the Bama under. So I'm a man of my word. Um, I put my money where my mouth is on that. 
two or three times your usual bet rate. Um, that's saying a lot. That's that's pushing four digits just for those listeners. So, um, uh, yeah. If, I, we'll, if it was at seven and a half, I, I, it would it would have been a couple months of the mortgage. Time to empty out the four hundred one k. Put it on the Hawks, um, which we do not advise. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that's our Iowa football little rumor mill segment. Um, just keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll be sifting through message boards, trying to find some connections in Iowa City who can confirm or deny these reports. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there, but okay. Um, so for the listeners who tuned in last week, I did a solo pod. Uh, so I just want to touch on that just for a second. Um, I brought up tennis and I wanted to apologize because I said that, um, we were going to fade Rabakina in the semifinals or excuse me, pick Rabakina and fade Samsonova. Samsonova actually ended up pulling it off in three sets. Rabakina won the first, um, but lost the last two. Um, so then the finals, which happened two hours later against Jesse Pagula, I did say we wanted to bet Pagula, and that was spot on. Pagula beat her in 48 minutes. It was like 6-1, 6-1 or something of that nature. Um, just when you're betting tennis, the rest advantage is so key. Like their legs, if their legs are dead, they have no chance to put power into their shots. Um, so whenever there's a clear rest advantage and the number doesn't look right to you, I'd definitely pick the, the player who you think is more fresh. Um, and then I also brought up some baseball stuff. So that'll lead straight into this week's six pack. Um, I'll be giving five of these off and then Slade will uh, we'll give the last one and, and then we'll transition into some NFL. But uh, the first one, and this is relating back to last week, so I brought up the Mariners to win the AL. I think ever since I had that solo pod, um, I think the Mariners went like one and three or, or two and three or something like that. So you can get them, at, you can still get them at 15 to one to win the AL, as I recommended. So uh, we're going to make that an official six pack play for this week. Um, I'm putting a half unit though, because it's 15 to one, little lofty odds. Um, if you don't love the 15 to one, you could package the Mariners up with, uh, with the Braves and, and, or the Dodgers because FanDuel has, um, exact world series matchups listed as well. So if you want to get in the 20 range, 20, 20 to one plus range, you could bet Mariners against the, uh, the Braves or Dodgers, but yeah, so we'll stick with the Mariners 15 to one. I really like George Kirby. Um, He's sitting there at 60 to 1 to win the AL Cy Young. Do you think he has any chance, Slade? Or is Garrett Cole just going to run away with it? I also placed a bet on Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young like 10 a week ago or so. Um, okay. So I think he is going to run away with it, but the Yankees are such a hot mess that, and maybe we'll get into that later. But um, the, the window is there. The window's there. I just think, and, it, and, the, and the value's there as well. Um, but yeah, Cole just has a kind of a big lead at the moment. Um, here's a, tr- a trivia question for you. How many career Cy Youngs does Garrett Cole have? Does he have any? He has zero. Yeah. He's been the runner up twice in 2019 and 2021. He's, I was surprised yeah. to hear that. I thought he'd have at least one. Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. That is, that is pretty crazy. And he's yeah. making, what, $300 million? Yeah. So yeah, I, I would keep an eye on George Kirby, but sitting there at sixty to one, I mean that price is about right. That'll happen like one percent of the time, two percent of the time. So Garrett Cole's looking to run away with that. Um, our next um, 
pod play would six pack play would be Spain against England in the World Cup final. Um, I know last episode we were together, we talked about how we are done with the World Cup, but we're back and we're taking Spain minus 112. I, w- I was watching the England-Australia highlights, and I was just getting really mad because England's overrated. They're not good. I don't know how they made the finals. Um, first off, I guess in the semifinals, they're playing Australia, who they just got Sam Kerr back from injury. She ended up scoring a goal, which was incredible. Um, if you have a second, look that up on YouTube. But they won that game 3-1. to one. It was an easy road to the finals. I'm just not impressed with them. I'm taking Spain. They have the goal scorers. They're minus 112. It's essentially pick them. Wake up early mon- early Sunday morning, I guess it would be, and uh, and place a bet on Spain, minus 112. Next up, um, we'll look at the Orioles uh, to win the division. They're, they're minus 265. Um, this is just a straight-up fade of the Rays. Yeah. Their franchise is, is in shame. I, I, know right you, I know you said that this is your play. I want in on it. I want I want to share it because I I totally agree. The obviously I don't want to get into the whole Rays debacle, but I would be surprised if they don't win it. So I want I want to split custody of this bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll grant that to you. The uh, in terms of the strength of schedule remaining, the uh, Rays have the ninth hardest schedule. They have four games against the Orioles, six against the Blue Jays, four against the Mariners, five against the Red Sox. Whereas the uh, the Orioles are sitting there at twenty fourth toughest. Um, so they still have three games against the A's and White Sox, Rockies, a couple games against the Nationals, and then arguably the worst team in the NL for years to come, the Cardinals. They got three easy wins there, so. I think I think the Orioles are going to run away with it. Gunner is going to keep hitting the ball well. He's down to what like minus one sixty five ish or something to win to win the AL Rookie of the Year. So we'll stick with that. Um, but like I said, the fade of the Rays. Do you know how many uh, pitchers have undergone Tommy John surgery for the Rays since twenty twenty? Since twenty twenty, well, off the top of my head, there's Glass now. Is Mc mcclellan did he have it once mcclanahan just, McClanahan, he just yeah. got it yeah uh i thought he might have had here's, it again i thought it was twice here, maybe i'm thinking of someone here's else the list here's the list well you're probably just confused because they target every single player who could potential is like has had issues with it in the past or is at risk of it so they're getting all these good guys like on the down low and then is and then they have to they're do doing the- or are they just targeting guys with a high risk that's a that's a good question. It, it maybe it is high risk, but also the question is, are they doing something? So look, look at this list. Since 2020, Tommy John injuries: Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glasnow, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, and Shane Baz. Shane Baz is who I was thinking yeah. of. Do you think that list is a lot? Yeah, that's a ton. Hey, because hey, I'm only halfway done. I just wanted a little a little oh. uh, little break in the middle. <laughs> Brandon McKay, Jalen Beeks, Yanni Chirinos, Colin Poach. Andrew Kitledge and Nick Anderson, who did not get Tommy John, but he did tear his UCL. Is that not insane? Dude, that is that's a systemic problem of some sort. There's no way that's just coincidence or like I, I mean they're they're doing something. 
their pitching lab has been like touted for being great. They're taking these guys on, you know, rookie deals and they're pitching really well. So it makes you wonder, like, is it just the fact that they are, they love using like openers and going like max effort all the time and guys are like getting hurt because of it? I, I don't, I have no idea. I don't pay attention to yeah. them very much, but that's hard to believe when like in comparison, like the Cubs have like two or three guys that I can think of in the last couple of years with Tommy John. And none of them were like as big of like names as those. Yeah. So we'll just keep your eye on the Rays. And if I'm a free agent, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go there. Not like they'd it's, pay a free agent. I mean, that's true. You'd have to be a middle tier at most. That's true. Or they try to snipe someone in the back half of their career. Like they had Kluber go 10 and 10 for them a couple of years ago. Sweet. Um, yeah. But Okay, so yeah, that's what I want to get in the Rays. I don't even really want to bring up Wander Franco. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's basically been, he's banished, um, I guess, essentially to prison, probably. Um, and another country, innocent, yeah. innocent until proven guilty, but it is not looking good for Wander Franco. Um, and I will be cutting him for my fantasy baseball team. So yeah, he's probably not going to play the rest of the year or ever. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I was listening to to this interview can't remember who it was and he was talking about how everyone was like oh you know the a's have all this or the rays have all the success despite having like a low payroll and they're like but part of the reason that they're successful is that they don't have to listen to fans they don't have fans so they don't <laughs> like all of these big markets sign free agent contracts knowing that there's like a 75 percent chance that that contract's going to be completely terrible for them in the long run but they kind of have to do stuff to like keep the fans interested and to like give a little bit, you know, like, like give them something to cheer about. But the Rays don't have to do that because they don't have fans. So they can just make every decision that is 100% about winning and not about caring about their stakeholders at all. So I never thought of it like that. I'm sure that's not the whole story, but um, I'm sure it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, if you replace the Rays with, like, the Yankees and if they had those, like, 12 guys with Tommy John, like, I think it would be a bigger a bigger news story. You wouldn't have to, like, search the depths of Twitter to get that list. Yeah, like, one Carlos Rodon contract costs more than all of those guys you just named combined. So, <laughs> and he's he's basically in the same boat, but. Yeah, which Carlos Rodon, I don't think he's won a game since we brought him up on that podcast a few weeks ago. He's been terrible, so. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time to rest up the back in the off season and pray that yeah, he can yeah. pitch 200 innings for you next year. But okay. Um, two more, two more plays of the six pack to close it out. Um, this one is kind of contingent on things falling the way that I think they will in the ATP Cincinnati tournament. So that's men's tennis. Um, Novak Djokovic is playing in the United States for the first time in like three years. I believe it is because he wasn't vaccinated, so he wasn't allowed in the U.S., but he's here now, um, and he's on a collision course with Carlos Alcaraz in the finals. Um, if you hadn't seen it, they, they played each other in the Wimbledon final and the French Open final, um, and they split. Um, so it's 1-1 on the year, and uh, and basically, if they get to the finals... I hate to be saying this because we are an anti-Djokovic podcast in terms of rooting for him, 
But we need to be putting our money on Djokovic. We need to bet with our heads and not our hearts. Um, so if it is a Djokovic Alcaraz final, it, I don't even know who's going to be the favorite. It, I guess it depends how they look in their matches leading up to it. It's probably going to be close to a pick em. It's best out of three sets. I think Djokovic will beat him. Uh, but I also think it's because Alcaraz is looking to beat him in the U.S. Open final and defend his, uh, he's the defending champion. So looking to, to defend the crown there. I don't think Alcaraz is going to fire all his bullets. Um, I think it's going to be close to the vest, kind of how he wants to actually play him in the U.S. Open. So he's just going to probably just try to hit it hard, put some pressure on Djokovic. And as long as Djokovic um, can continue to be a brick wall like he's been this year and just get everything back, um, I think it will be enough for him to win. So. If they get to the finals, we're taking Djokovic. Don't care what the price is. Just lay it. Um, and hopefully it is plus money. That'd be nice. Um, and then the last play, NFL. Slade, what you got for the yeah, hometown Yeah, so we're recording, this, we're recording this on Thursday. Um, as a Charlidian, I, I, am, I follow the Panthers a little bit closer than some other NFL teams. Um, I am laying the under tomorrow night, so Friday night, the 18th. Panthers, Giants, it's at 39 and a half. Uh, when compared to some of the other preseason lines, it's a little bit higher. Most are in that like 35 to 40, low 40s range. Um, if you did watch the Panthers' first preseason game, one, I'm sorry, that had to be terrible. And two, they scored zero points. They lost 27 to zero to the Jets. Um, and so their opponent is the Giants. The Giants scored 16 points last week, and there's already reports that a lot of their starters, like Daniel Jones and Saquon, like those guys aren't going to play very much, which is understandable and probably built into the price a little bit. But still, um, I don't think you're going to see a ton of great offensive football. Um, so I am laying just a normal unit size on the Panthers, Giants under. This podcast loves betting preseason unders. It's something mm-hmm. we've been consistent with, and the data has backed us up over the years. But the only time we don't love preseason unders are when we do the 10-point teaser. Yeah, uh, We tease down the total. So I talked about how last year's week one went undefeated, um, and I suggested just to play as many 10-point teasers as you could if you had them available to you. I only played one. Um, I picked the three lowest totals. I teased three games down to like, so they were over like 24 and a half. I think even the Rams chargers games, I teased it down to over 22 and a half, which is like, there's going to be 22 points in a game. So all games um, went over their tease down totals other than the dolphins game. So that left, uh, if you put together all the permutations or combinate combinations of the teasers, uh, last week, three team teasers, it went 450 and 105. So that's hitting at an 80% clip. So if you listen to us, there was an 80% chance that you picked a winner. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. However, that is, um, that's only week one trend. So we're going to put that in our back pocket and save it for next year. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to a numbers game on VSEN. Um, they've been pointing this out the past two years. It's been super profitable. Um, so, so give Gil Alexander and those guys a listen, cause you can definitely learn a thing or two. Okay. Um, so yeah, just to recap our six pack, we got dolphins plus two and a half against the Texans tomorrow. Um, on Friday, the 18th, we have Spain to win the world cup. 
The Mariners, we have a half unit on them to win the AL at 15 to 1. The Orioles to win the division because the Rays are about to turn into a poverty franchise. Um, Djokovic to be Alcaraz in the finals, assuming they both get there. And then the Panthers, Giants under 39 and a half. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into some NFL now or what, what else is on your mind? Uh, yeah, let's do some NFL. I guess one, I want to start off by asking you, do you like the preseason? Like, do you actually sit down and watch preseason games and like find it fun? No, uh, as a Browns fan, I watched the first drive that Deshaun Watson was in and then I turned it off. Yeah. I was, I would watch snaps that like Justin Fields is in for the bears. Um, and otherwise if I'm watching it's for, it's for betting reasons. I I can't sit there and watch this. It's, it's the only thing that's kind of cool for me is like, I'll be like, Oh, I remember this guy from college. Like he, he was a good quarterback at some random school. And it's like, Oh, that's cool to know that he's like, fighting for a spot in the league, but I don't really care that much. Um, Yeah. So preseason for me just builds anticipation to the point where it's just like, I'm already ready for the season to start and it's going to keep getting worse for the next few weeks. Um, I have started watching hard knocks. So I've watched season or episode one of the jet season. Um, Some initial thoughts is, that that whole first episode is like dedicated to Aaron Rodgers and like how awesome he is and how much his teammates love him. And he's not the guy the media makes him out to be. It's just like a, a Rodgers love fest. And like, I'm not going to lie. It works on me a little bit because I've hated Aaron Rodgers as a Bears fan, like my whole life. And he definitely seems happy that he's there and I'm happy he's there. So everybody here is happy besides green Bay with Jordan love. Um, the the coaching the the, the love for him real quick to interject is there any head coach who's like obsessed with their quarterback like sala is to rogers it was almost oh. like i was getting secondhand embarrassment what happens when he does something wrong and he like legitimately needs to criticize him or hold him accountable what it, i don't even know how he's gonna have that conversation with him Dude, like everybody in the whole locker room is like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers is the best. Like they're interviewing those guys on the sidelines. And it's like, one, I would hope that things are going smoothly right now, considering you guys have had him in the building for like three weeks in the summer and you haven't lost a game yet. Like talk to me in like November if you're losing games. Um, and I, I was looking at the preseason uh odds for the division they're plus 250 which is second best in the division behind the bills um i'm staying away from that i'm not saying i'm not a jets hater by any means i'm not i have nothing against the jets i just don't think they're going to win that division i would i i would i think the bills are better and i think the dolphins you can make a case that if things felt right are better as well and i don't think the patriots are pushovers by any means um I don't know. Did you see that where like yeah, Rogers had like six drop or ten dropbacks and six of them ended up in sacks and like a practice this week? It's yeah. I mean, I, they're hyping him up because he's throwing a ball into a net thirty yards away. Like any, he can obviously he can do that without pressure. He's one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, but he is old. Um, the Jets are unproven. Um, there's a lot of buzz. And I don't know. They're still the Jets. Like they had joint practice with the Bucks today, 
um, or excuse me, yesterday, the 16th. So the yeah, Buccaneers that's the price I'm talking up. about where he got destroyed. Okay. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. Just the offensive line sucks. Yeah. So they were supposed to have a joint practice again today. And the Jets just decided that they didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Bucks didn't have anywhere to practice. So luckily there just happens to be the Giants in the same city and they let them practice there. But like what kind of organization is just like, no, sorry, we're not doing this again, even though we agreed. What couldn't they have easily just said, like, all right, like we'd like to take it a little lighter or only do it for like a half an hour or just do red zone or something? Like, I don't understand how a franchise who acts like they are Super Bowl contenders can act like that. And they they were going up against the Bucks, who are like probably gonna be under five hundred this year in a bad division. Yeah. And yeah. I get it, their front line, their defensive line is pretty good, but the the big complaint that Jets fans and like criticism of the Jets was like they didn't address their offensive line enough and we're through one scrimmage and it's already been pretty bad. I guess the only thing you can say is, well, their preseason game went okay, but I mean, they were playing the, the Panthers. It's the preseason. We're not, we're not going to look too much yeah. at that. They really need Mekhi Becton, their first round pick from a few years yeah. ago. They need from 2020, I believe. He just has gotten hurt every single year. They need him to become yeah. a pro bowler. Otherwise, I think they're down three yeah. starters right now. And so well, that's did why did... Rodgers is doing the relax thing all over again. Well, Bakhtiari for the Packers, there's some rumors that they want to trade for him because Rodgers wants guy. a center back. Like Nathaniel Hackett's his I... guy, too. Yeah. Is Randall Cobb on the Jets? Yeah. Oh my god, Jordy Nelson! <laughs> <laughs> Probably bring him on as a coach. They got Alan Lazard too. Shout out Urbandale, Iowa. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But like, if Tua play is healthy and plays all seventeen games, I think the Dolphins are better than them. The Patriots have yeah. still always had their number. It's not going to be e- like I could. The Jets are to me are more likely to get last in the division than first. So. Yeah, I think the only reason the the Dolphins' odds are as long as they are, and I know we're going to do a, pre- a preseason NFL pod, but I think part of the reason they're so long is just because of the concussion risk with Tua and the fact that he like literally contemplated retirement. That I mean, one more, one more, and he yeah. could just be shut down. So you're you're basically playing the whole season on eggshells. But you're right. If if I could guarantee a 100% healthy Tua. For even like 15 of the games next year, I would probably feel more comfortable with them over the Jets. Um, I do want to say the Jets have awesome weapons and they have an awesome defense. I thought their defensive coordinator in Hard Knocks was a total... I felt like he knew the camera was going and was trying to make some like... yeah. He, how many times did he drop an F-bomb? Like, I just like out of context and it was like so forced. And I was just like, this dude is trying so hard. Um I, I yeah, still enjoy watching it. Yeah, they got Dalvin Cook too. So the Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott, and right after the Jets got Dalvin Cook, so the running back market's getting cleaned up. Uh, George, um Taylor for the Colts has left practice again. Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't even really care. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't care about Jonathan Taylor. No. Um, the Were Colts aren't going to be good this year. Yeah. Were the you Colts surprised they started Anthony Richardson? As, are you surprised yeah, I was, Anthony I was just Richardson gonna start. Okay. 
I was just gonna say this year is just about Anthony Richardson like playing. So I'm glad they're starting him. Um, just try to try to um, obviously like take advantage of just like his raw athleticism, but make sure he has a clean pocket. Get that offensive line built around Quentin Nelson. Like get it back to where it was two or three years ago, and kind of just build for the future that way. You don't need Jonathan Taylor. Do we know who their backup quarterback is? I, I guess I would have personally sat him for the first four weeks maybe and then brought him in because he was one of the, the guys issue who, he didn't play very much football in college right that was his thing yeah but their their uh, head coach Shane Steichen came from the Eagles and he's running the Eagles offense because he was their offensive coordinator so uh, they have Gardner Minshew I don't think Gardner Minshew can run Jalen Hurts offense no. So basically so what you're need, saying is fade Jalen Hurts this year because he lost his OC. They lost their DC too. They lost that clown Gannon. Who Have you seen his interviews in, in Arizona? <laughs> he seems like a character. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this more with the NFL preview, but there's definitely like when you're looking at like uh, coordinators leaving, it's a pretty big deal. Or a coordinator coming in who you have no faith in. Um, it can go a long way. Yeah, I guess I, I'm just I'm not super big on starting a rookie quarterback right away unless there's someone who is a little bit older and has played a lot of college football. Like I'm not a Baker guy. I was day one not a Baker guy, but him starting day one made sense to me. Um, and like the other one is like Joe Burrow. He was like 23, 24 by the time he made the league. Like from my understanding, Anthony Richardson was somebody who was really raw going through the draft. And like, that was the big knock on him was a lack of experience, still learning, you know, how to be a quarterback and like protections and everything. But physically he was, he's a God. So um, he did give him more time. Hey, he did do a backflip at pro day. So he's ready to be an NFL starting. (laughs) You're right. Uh, whenever, yeah. whenever I hear a quarterback it, didn't play very much in college, but it's like base off potential, I just get Mitchell Trubisky PTSD. So maybe I'm being a little biased, but that just makes You're, me nervous. Are you, are you talking about the the QB who won Mr. Ohio for football and Ohio State didn't even offer him a scholarship? Yeah, I'm talking about the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I, we, we love Mitch Trubisky. He's, he's a good guy. Him, Shout and, out Hillary. him and Hillary. Yeah. yeah. I will say yeah. if I were a GM, I'm drafting. One thing I'm looking for is I want a guy who started two years in college. So nothing against Anthony Richardson. I think he'll be fine. I just, that's something I would want to see because it's hardest. Like if you went off only one year of tape, like Sam Howell at UNC would have been like a number one pick at one point. Like yeah. these guys, can kind of show who they are. The more they play, the more chance they have of getting exposed. And we see it all the time. These guys come in going from like their junior, to their senior year, their second year, to their third year. And they suddenly you're like, well, that guy's not who we thought he was going to be. Jake Fromm is yeah. the other one. Um, so I want to see him play more football, but you know, I, I understood that he's like a one percenter when it comes to like physical gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, let's get into some MLB. Crazy Cubs game last night. Walk us through it. What happened? Basically, the Cubs were down 3-0. to zero. They got shut out. They had runners on base all night, kind of get the big hit. And then uh, eighth – or yeah, 
bo- top of the ninth inning, they're down 3-0, and the new reliever they just picked up walks the bases loaded. Ross brings in um, Michael Fulmer, who was the guy the whole fan base was shooting on earlier this year, and he strikes out the next three guys, which kind of built some momentum. I guess it was 3-1 at that point because Madrigal had just homer, which is like a huge deal. He's one of yeah. the – he has like zero power. But um, So it's 3-1, and then the bomb in the ninth. Uh, you he had uh, uh, Bellinger double and then a Swanson walk sets up Christopher Morrell who has been struggling and he goes deep walks it off takes the jersey off goes absolutely crazy um, it that was an awesome moment maybe one of the best moments of the last three or four years as a Cubs fan but I will never remember that as like one of the most fun games because. 99% of that game, I was annoyed or like, what is going on? And it really didn't get good to like the eighth or ninth inning, but it's a huge, huge win. Um, needless to say, they have an off day today, uh, but they are now tied with the Reds and the Marlins for that last playoff spot or the last wild card spot. So it's going to make for just an awesome next six weeks to finish the season. Yeah, I think that game served as like a good wake up call for them too, because they were kind of down in the dumps, down three nothing. They didn't give up. They rallied, got it back, but they were down three and a half go- to the Brewers going into that game. So that falls to four, five games. Um, you're in big trouble. We just we have a fourth of the season left. We just hit the quarter pole, so yeah, um, a, yeah. a lot can change. But you don't you don't want to get that down to five games. You got to yeah. keep it within two. Luckily, the Dodgers are hot right now and. They at the beginning of the year, I feel like I was down. A lot of people were down on them, but they've really pulled it together the last couple months, and they're, they've been helping the Cubs out a lot lately. Uh, I think they beat the, the Brewers a couple times and playing tonight, so we're rooting for a sweep. Um, it's always nice when you can make up ground when you're on an off day. Um, yeah, we were a couple podcasts ago. We were talking about, or at least I said, I was surprised the Dodgers were only up like four games on the Giants because normally around this time they're um, up ten games or so. Um, basically, right on cue, they've won. I think it's fifteen of their last sixteen. Um, they're sitting there at seventy three and forty six. They're on pace for ninety nine wins. So for a team wet. I guess has kind of been called their worst team of the last several years, if you will. They're still in a hundred win ball club, so um, nothing, nothing to overlook there. Um, I have a couple stats here that they basically in the month of August they are an elite MLB team. Um, the last four seasons they are seventy eight and twenty in August. Wow! So. They make a lot of moves at the deadline. They're one of those teams that is always in a position to buy, but still, seventy-eight and twenty is that's yeah. insane. They've won ten straight. They're on a ten-game win streak right now. So they've yeah. done a lot of work beating up those other teams in the West, the the D-backs and the Padres. I know the last pod I was on, we kind of previewed that series, and um, Gallon and and Snell both had decent games. I think you taught, hit on it in your solo pod, but. Gallon is now the leader in the clubhouse for the Cy Young, plus 180. Snell is plus 210. And our guy, Justin Steele, went from when I got him as 18 to 1, he got down to 5 to 1, and now he's back up to 10 to 1. Um, 
you know, it is what it is. He's, he, he's not pitching bad. He's just not dominating the way like Gallon is, who went seven scoreless last time out. And he pitches tonight. So, yeah. It's it's hard because Steele like isn't one of those guys like Strider who's going to go like seven innings and have he can have like 14 strikeouts like he's going to get you seven or eight. He's he's going to get the job done. He's probably I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with like the second lowest ERA in the, in the NL. His just strikeout numbers aren't going to be as high as the other guys yeah. yet. Um, but they it has been looking up the past couple starts. Guys who um, are gra- or pitch to contact kind of get overlooked with awards. Obviously with fantasy because they don't get as many points, but um, fair or not, I, I kind of get annoyed because I've seen guys like Lester and Hendricks kind of just dominate and not get those strikeout numbers. And at the end of the day, it's about preventing runs and winning ball games. And if you're doing that, I think that that means more to me than if you're striking a lot of people out, but you're also giving up homers and walking people. So um, yeah. not to say that that's what Gallon is doing. He's he's obviously shoving. So. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting one tonight. Um, I do want to give you a little, a little congrats for in the pilot pod you gave the Yankees at minus one twenty, and I've kind of hinted at it the last few weeks that it, it's trending towards a, a dub, and um, they are, they are cratering right now. They're pretty close to dead. I would say they have, they are on life support. Um, they are six and a half back of the last wild card spot, and I don't think the division is even in reach anymore. They're like 14 back. So no. six and a half is a lot in the first place with only six weeks left. But then when you think about how many teams are ahead of them, the math is just not good or in their favor because those teams ahead of you are going to play each other. They're going to, you know, it's, it's harder when you have to jump more teams essentially. So they're, they're basically yeah. dead and they're f- under 500 for the first time in a while. So, that was free money. Thank you. Yeah. These teams, like the Yankees are fun to to follow because when things are good, like their offense, their homer hitting machine, when they're bad, they're just really bad. Same with the Angels. The Angels are completely toast. Otani the other day said he wanted to skip his start because of fatigue. He shouldn't even pitch the rest of the year. They have no chance. Why? Why does he even care? Like, Obviously, he likes their franchise, but if he if he, he needs that five hundred million dollar contract, he needs to just be done. Yeah. What if so. he What if he ends up like a Tampa Bay Ray against Tommy John? Uh, instantly, that six hundred potentially million dollars gets cut in half. Someone would still pay him, of course, but if you're losing one year of his prime, arguably the most valuable year of production, you would assume that would be a nightmare. As a as a Cubs fan, would you rather sign o- a fully healthy Otani for six hundred million or Otani coming off Tommy John at three hundred million? I would I would rather have him fully healthy. Um, I, my real answer is it depends on how the Cubs ownership would would act around him. If it's like we got you Otani, we're never making another move again. That then I would I don't even want Otani in that case, um, but if yeah. it's like we're gonna get Otani, but we're gonna supplement him with other great players, and we're gonna keep doing things the right way, then yeah, I want him, and yeah, I want him at six hundred million because I think not only do I think the Cubs have an outside chance of doing something in the playoffs this year, I think twenty twenty four is the year that 
they really open up that window and are going for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, other players potentially available this offseason is Juan Soto free agent, or is that one next year, year left after this? Okay. So, you know, teams could, but he could be traded next year at the deadline. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, one Padres fact that I heard about um, yesterday you know, they're 0 and 10 in extra inning games this year. <laughs> they are. That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little better than their record says. I'll admit that, but you know, losing losing DNA right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I covered everything I have. Do you have any other last talking points you want to hit? Um. No. Have Have you given a shout out to the three points pod yet? No, I haven't. Thank you for bringing that up. So as we close this out, the Three Points podcast available on uh, Apple and Spotify. Our friends Nicholas Bear, Brady Ellingson, and Charlie Rose. Uh, they break down English Premier League, and they're also going to be talking some hoops this upcoming season. Um, so feel free to give them a, a subscription or follow their show. Give them five stars after you listen, if you like it. Um, we'll be doing some collaborations with them. Um, actually, starting next week, as I mentioned last podcast, Charlie Rose um, will be joining me for a U.S. Open preview. The tennis draw uh, drops on the 25th. So um, either that Friday night, Saturday or Sunday, just sometime next weekend, we'll be breaking down the draw um, and uh, looking forward to that. And then those other two guys, Nicholas and Brady, I'm sure we'll have them on uh, for football or maybe just some EPL plays here, here and there. So, okay. Um, well, Austin, thank you for joining. Good luck with your solo pod or you and Hackford uh, doing the pod. I will be in Fiji if you need me. I'll be on island time, um, which is actually about 12 hours ahead of the East Coast. So awesome. not sure how we're going to be able to communicate, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you're knocking this out before the season starts. We're both We're both done with vacationing and taking breaks from the pod for a while. We are fully committed to you guys. Um, this is our last little chance to clear our head before before it's time to start making some money and talking some balls so all right have fun yeah, buddy yeah and yeah i'll be on a, a 10 hour flight tonight and i'll be grinding out some research research for the listeners so um, make sure so to spend some time with your wife okay i don't i don't want you getting in, in the dog house all season take, take good care just, of her this week I, I, if I just get here a couple glasses of wine, I can put up the divider and I can just get to work and do the research. So, <laughs> slipper a melatonin. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be yeah. amazing when we get her on the pod as a guest someday. <laughs> That'll be the day. When they're That'll doing a, docu- a documentary about our, the, the um, creation of our pod and, and the journey, she'll be like, I just thought these guys were being idiots. And here we are, you know, you thought wrong. I, I, I never believed in them, but here we go. Also for the, for the listeners watching, I have these, uh, bet GPT, um, QR codes. I'm going to be taking these to Fiji and sticking these stickers up on posts, giving them to the locals. Um, this podcast is going worldwide. So um, we really appreciate you guys being the first uh, few dozen listeners of the show. We're looking forward to having it grow. Just please continue to uh, give us five stars, subscribe, tell your friends, um, and tune into the YouTube stream too. Uh, we got subtitles on there. So 
Um, if you can't listen to the sound for whatever reason, you can at least throw that on and, and watch us. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, we hope you guys have a good weekend and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks.